God sees the stone, but he sees the miracle beyond it and maybe wants to not only move that stone and get your loved ones saved, but wants to make you into a great soul winner. Someone who can speak an encouraging word and help others come to know Christ as Savior. Please open your Bible to Mark chapter number 16. Mark 16. We're going to be dealing with uh, this amazing story this morning. Folks watching at home, have your Bible open. Mark chapter 16. I want to talk to you on the subject, Look Beyond the Stone. Look beyond the stone. You know, so often in life, we see something, we'll call it a stone, and we say, boy, if only I could just remove this stone out of my life. Or we might say, boy, if only I could just have this in my life, then life would be so much better. Um, I'd be so much happier. But the truth is that God wants to give us more than what we have in mind. God is a big God, and he has a big hand, and when he gives, he likes to give in abundance, but it all is hinged upon our faith. There's a story, a humorous story, about a a mother and her little boy that went into a, a, a general store, this is many years ago, in the country, and the general store had all kinds of everything in it, and it was owned by a a nice man, we'll call him Sam Drucker, and uh, Mr. Drucker was the uh, store owner, and he welcomed the lady in and her little boy, little boy Billy, we'll call him. And so uh, Billy was looking at this jar that had little jelly beans in it, and so when the mother was finished with her purchases uh, at the counter, she's paying for them, and Mr. Drucker says, I, I see Billy would like a, a few uh, jelly beans. Uh, she said, well, he, he just might. And so Mr. Drucker said, uh, Billy, reach on in there and just take a handful of jelly beans. And uh, little Billy, he, you know, he was kind of shy. He shook his head, no, wouldn't do it. And his mother said, Billy, you, you heard Mr. Drucker? Reach in there and take a handful of jelly beans. Mm-mm, mama, mm-mm. And so she looked at Mr. Drucker and Mr. Drucker said, oh, that's okay. And he took a, a paper bag and Mr. Drucker reached in and took a handful and put him in the bag and rolled up. Here you go, Billy. And Billy was all big, big eyes and big smiles. says, thank you. And he took it. And when they got out of the store, his mummy said, Billy, why didn't you reach in and take a handful of jelly beans? And Billy looked at his mother and says, Mama, Mr. Drucker got a bigger hand than me. So he was smart. And God has a bigger hand than we do. So often we say, well, if only I could have these few jelly beans when God is really wanting to give us a big handful. Now, in the Old Testament, we have an interesting story that illustrates this. And it happened in Second uh, Kings chapter number 13. You can look it up later. But uh, the man of God's name was Elisha. And Elisha was an elderly man at that time. Uh, that means he was over 50. And so he was uh, sick and he was soon to die. And so uh, came to visit him was the uh, king of uh, northern Israel, Joash. And uh, Israel was under threat of attack by Syria. Syria had been pretty nasty to them. And so Elisha wanted to encourage the king before he died. And so there was a, a quiver with arrows in it. That, that's like the container, the holder where you put the arrows in. And Elisha, the man of God, said to the king, King Joash, he said, take arrows. And so the king 
took some arrows and Elisha said, strike the ground with them. And so the king throws them in the ground. One, two, 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 three. And then he stops. He stopped at three and and Elisha was upset and he was angry. And he says, you should have struck the ground five or six times. But now you will only beat Syria three times. And if you read the rest of the chapter, uh, you'll find out that's exactly what happened. They only got three victories. They never did get final total victory over Syria because he stopped too soon. Too often that's our problem. We don't go far enough. All we see is kind of that little stone or that egg in front of us. And we don't realize that God has something else, something bigger and greater. Here in our story, the women came and they wanted to to do something for God. They wanted to help embalm the body of Jesus. That's why they were coming. And they were faithful women. They were good women. But they were weak and they were concerned because they had a stone problem that they had to deal with. And so we're going to look at this hopeless situation. But first, let's have a word of prayer. So let's all close our eyes. Folks at home, you pray with us. Close your eyes. Heavenly Father, thank you for this amazing story, this true story in the Bible. Please encourage our hearts. I pray for anyone that may be facing some kind of a a challenge, like a big rock, a big stone in their pathway that needs to get moved. And Lord, help them to look beyond the stone. Help all of us to look beyond what's just in front of us. And we may not be able to clearly see everything, but we can sure look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And there he is standing behind every rock, every stone, wanting to bless us. So give us faith to lift up our eyes off of the physical things and to look unto our wonderful Savior. Please bless each one that's here in the auditorium and everyone who's watching online at home today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, let's start off with a couple of interesting things. In verse 2, we find out that these ladies got a good start to the job. That what was they wanted to do was something good. And you'll notice here, very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came. So they started early. And that's a good lesson for us. Don't put things off. Usually, what a lot of students do uh, when they're in school They have a test or they got a a project and they leave it go to the night before. They don't start studying soon enough. They don't start working on the project soon enough. That is so true of human nature. These ladies, maybe they learned the lesson the hard way, but they understood that they needed to get started right away. Now, if you're going to do something great for God, you need to get started right away. Possibly there are those watching online or maybe in the auditorium, and you want to have regular devotions with God. You want to have a special time with the Lord every day. I had my special time with the Lord this morning. But you know, you can't put it off. You can't say, well, I'll start tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes, well, you know, it's not quite, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. And we put things off. If you want to get something done, you have to start early. And that's going to include having a special time with the Lord Jesus. You know, once you have experienced the joy of meeting with Jesus, you're going to say, why didn't I do this sooner? This is great. You know, it's something like peanut butter. 
You can't explain to someone what peanut butter tastes like. You have to taste it yourself. Or maybe ice cream. If you've never tasted ice cream before, how do you describe to someone what ice cream is like? Um, uh, uh, Pastor Devian has just arrived back now. He's been here about a week now with his bride, Esther. And she's so sweet and lovely. And you all get to meet her. But she's never seen snow before. Being in the Philippines all her life, she's never seen snow. Well, has she seen snow now? She sure has. Lots of it. Uh, on the streets and on the rooftops. And uh, I think she's enjoying it. But how do you describe, how do you explain something that requires an experience? The only way to know what peanut butter is like is to get a spoon of it and put it in your mouth. And then you'll say, oh, this is peanut butter. Wow. And you will love peanut butter for the rest of your life. I promise you that. You know, once you experience togetherness with Jesus, you won't want anything less. It is the most wonderful thing to be able to have closeness with Jesus Christ. Too many people in this world have religion. All they have is religion, a bunch of do's and don'ts. They don't have a personal relationship with God himself. His name is Jesus. And Jesus offers that to us. And so the ladies here, they started early. They came to the tomb. Now, I want you to know the tomb is a place of death. It's like a graveyard. Hmm? We've got a few graveyards around town in the lower mainland. There's different graveyards. They've got tombstones set up. They've got little uh, metal uh, bronze plaques on the ground. They've got mausoleums where they'll put ashes and so on. But all these places, they're places of death. If you drive down 72 Avenue on the right-hand side, there's a great big one there. And you can see from a distance the tombstones. I mean, they keep it beautiful, don't they? It's a really nice place. Very expensive to get into, though. There's a joke. They say people are just dying to get in there. <laughs> and indeed they are. So uh, the tomb is a place of death. And your situation at times might seem just like that. If you have a big problem, something that's happening, turmoil in your home or turmoil at, at a, a school, some big project, you know, your finals are coming up. By the way, next week is midterm exams for our Bible college students. So please pray for them because uh, it can feel like a tomb, like, oh no, you know, I'm, I'm going to die kind of thing. And so your little rock in life may feel like that. It sure did to the ladies. Now look at verse 3. It says, And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? You see, the sepulcher was that tomb where Jesus' body was laid, and there was this great big stone rolled in front of it. Now that was as like a, a locked door, if you will, a security. And they said, Boy, What's going to happen here? They ran into a problem. They started early. They were going to do something good for God. They wanted to help embalm the body of Jesus. That's as far as they could see, remember. And then they thought, oh no, the stone. We forgot about the stone. What are we going to do about this? Uh, we, we got a problem here. And you will find that for every time you want to do something for God, there's going to be a problem. You decide, I'm going to read the Bible. So you sit down and you open the Bible, the doorbell rings. Okay, and you go and you answer that and you come back and you sit down, you open your Bible again, the telephone rings. 
Oh, and so you have to talk on the phone, whatever, and you open the Bible again. Maybe the dog is barking or the baby is crying or who knows what happens. But there's always going to be something that's going to try and block you and stop you from doing something good for God. And these women, I want you to notice something, they did not turn back. They did not stop in their tracks and say, wait a minute, you remember that stone? That thing weighs hundreds, maybe thousands of pounds. Who's going to do it for us? Oh, well, it was a nice thought. Let's turn around and go back home. That's not what they did. They didn't quit. They didn't stop right there and give up. Too many people quit before the blessings of God come. If those girls had a quit, they would not have gotten the incredible blessings that day. The devil's going to tempt you and tempt me to quit. I've been tempted to quit so many times in my life. Even in the ministry, the devil would get me in the corner. You know, how you're in sort of spiritual combat with the devil. And the devil would get me backed into a corner and would tell me, you're no good. You've never been any good. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know, you're a failure. And, you know, I, my head's dropping down. My, my, my dukes are, are coming down. And, oh, what am I going to do? And that's usually when the Lord is there in my corner to whisper some encouragement and to help me to get back into the fight. And these girls here, these ladies, they did not turn back. They did not quit. Now, rolling away a stone in life might be too big for us. There are things that are too big for us, too much, too great. This stone here, and maybe it weighed a couple thousand pounds. I, I wouldn't be surprised. It was a heavy stone. And these girls, they started early, they didn't quit. And rolling the stone away was something they could not do. And your problem in life, your stone in life may be too much for you. But I want you to know that nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for Almighty God. And if we would just keep that in mind, that'll encourage us. And oftentimes when I've been backed into the, the corner and the devil's fighting me, the thought of God's power has helped me to stay in the fight and to be a, a, an overcomer. And the same for all of us. And so these ladies, they wanted the stone rolled away. Why did they want the stone rolled away? So that they could get in and embalm Jesus. That was their goal. That's why they came to the sepulcher that early uh, Sunday morning. They wanted to get in there and embalm Jesus. That was as far as they knew. That was as far as they could see. But God had something else in mind. They wanted to embalm the body. But God was more interested in a resurrection. Boy, if you ask me, that, that's, a, that, that's totally different. That's totally better. In Psalm 81 verse 10, God says, I am the Lord thy, thy God that brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. Never forget that promise of God in Psalm 81.10. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. You've watched how a mother bird feeds the little birds in the nest. And all the little baby birds, they're opening their mouths wide. And mama bird comes and puts the food in their, their mouths. Now, here we are. And God says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. I will give you blessings. And we just kind of open our mouth a tiny little bit. Okay, there, Lord, how about that? Well, that's barely enough to get a straw in there. You couldn't suck much. 
uh, God wants you to open your mouth wide and he will fill it. It's like Mr. Drucker and little Billy. You know, Mr. Drucker's got a great big hand and he wants to fill that little candy bag with the jelly beans. And we just need to believe what God says. It is the desire of God to give us more than what we think. The devil is always telling us, oh no, don't get your hopes up. Oh no, this can never happen. Oh no, it'll happen to others, but it won't happen to you. So don't get your hopes up. Well, it can happen to you. God can and wants to give you great blessings if you'll let them. Psalm 81.10, open your mouth wide. In Isaiah chapter 7, the prophet Isaiah, in talking with uh, the wicked king of his day, he said, now God is going to give you a sign. You can ask any sign you want. You know, heaven above, earth below. And the wicked king didn't want to have anything to do with God. And so he rather piously said, I will not tempt the Lord God. And that's not what God wanted to hear. And so the prophet Isaiah says, all right, then the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a child. And that, of course, was how Mary was used of God to bring Jesus into the world. That's the only time that has ever happened where a virgin, she was still a virgin when she gave birth to the Lord Jesus. That is a biological impossibility for men and, and women here on earth. But nothing shall be impossible for God. And God did this great miracle. You see, God is always interested in the bigger miracle so that he gets the greater glory. And we get the bigger wow factor. And these ladies, they didn't know what wow was until a little bit later that morning. And so the women, the best they could hope for was for a stone to be rolled away so that they could help bury Jesus because they were going to embalm, you know, help do these spices, you know. It's kind of like, we call it embalming. It's not technically embalming, but they were going to put all of the spices and, and, and they had the rigmarole they were going to do. It was all to help bury the Savior. That's as far as the ladies could see. And we need to trust in God and his greatness and his power and his glory and his ability to do great things. So that's why we need to look beyond the stone. Whatever situation is sitting in your life, like a big stone, a big rock, an impossible force required to move that thing, I want you to try looking beyond it. What might God want to do? He doesn't want to just move a stone. He wants to bring in a miracle into our lives. Now, I hope we can use a little sanctified imagination, but I hope we can use some guidelines and don't take this too crazy a thought. Oh, well, God's going to make me the, the owner of the whole world. Yeah, no, that's not God's will. How do you know from the Bible tells us he is the owner of the whole world. So what we're saying today is this. We tend not to see beyond the stone. Back in 1999, my wife and I, we just wanted to start a little church. We wanted to start Grace Baptist Church in 1999, in the fall of 1999. That's all we wanted to do was start a little church. That's what God laid on our heart, we thought. But God wanted to do so much more. You see, we just saw a little bit. God saw the whole picture. He wanted to start a church that could help reach the city. 
He wanted to start a church that could help reach the world through over a hundred missionaries. He wanted to start a church that could start a Bible college. He wanted to start a church that had a wonderful uh, Christian godly family uh, feel to it where families could come and raise their children uh, in an atmosphere of safety and godliness. And these are things that God had in mind back some 24 years ago when he put on our heart to start a church. We, we just thought of something small. God sees the bigger picture. And it's often that way. The women here wanted to perform, we'll call it an embalming, but God wanted to perform a resurrection. Do you see the difference? Look beyond the stone. Which was the greater miracle? We've got two miracles. You, you think about it. You tell me what you think is the greater miracle. Rolling away a stone or performing a resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Which is the greater miracle? Well, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? I mean, rolling away the stone was a bit of a miracle. Sure it was. But a far, far greater miracle, which God got so much more glory for, was when he raised Jesus from the dead. You see, we're still talking about it today. Uh, Easter is just around the corner. And that's when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We don't celebrate the rolling of the stone, do we? The world, they celebrate the rolling stones. That's all that the world can do, right? They've got their beetles and their rolling stones and their rock and rollers and so on. But for us, we look at the greater miracle, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the, the greater miracle. Now, God, did he roll away the stone? Yes, he did. The women couldn't do it. God did it. He rolled away the stone, all right, but not so that Jesus could come out. That's not why God rolled away the stone. He rolled away the stone so that the women could go in, and the disciples as well. That's why he rolled away the stone. Jesus could pass through walls. There was no problem for, for Jesus to pass right through solid stone. But it was a problem for the people. For the ladies and for the disciples, they couldn't pass through the rock. And so God moved away the stone so that the people could get in, not so that Jesus could get out. So there's the difference. When God rolls a stone away from the mouth of one of our dead dreams, when God rolls the stone away, it's so that he can do something greater. And so if you've got this stone, let's say that it's a midterm exam and you're pretty worried and fretting and sweating about this thing. So you start early and you be faithful. You do your part and you find that God rolls the stone away and you say, thank you, Lord, I get to live another day. You know, I passed my midterm. Well, God helped roll the stone away, not just for the stone's sake, not just for the midterm sake, but for the greater good, so that you could become something even better. And so this is how God works. Um, let's take a look at verse 4. And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. So that's why we think it was probably maybe a thousand, two thousand pound stone. And entering into the sepulcher, you see, there's the reason why the stone was rolled away so the ladies could get in. They saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And of course they would be. Who wouldn't? Verse 6, 
And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. So for sure he died. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. And maybe the angel pointed to the place. Behold the place. That's where they laid him. And the ladies knew that that was where they laid him. Verse 7. But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. That was way up north in Israel or northern Israel. And there shall ye see him as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher. For they, were, they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man for they were afraid. And so the angel was there. He referred to Jesus as Jesus of Nazareth. That was a familiar term to those ladies. You can trace this in chapter 1, verse 9, verse 24, chapter 10, verse 47, chapter 14, verse 67, and here chapter 16, verse 6. Each and every time, Jesus was referred to as Jesus of Nazareth. And this was a familiar comforting term for the ladies when they, uh, when they heard that. So again... You see the title, Look Beyond the Stone. And beyond the stone, there was the miracle. And they saw it. God wants to perform His mighty acts of power in our lives. And don't think He doesn't. Don't ever think that God will do miracles for someone else. But for me, uh uh-uh. Don't ever think that. Because God is no respecter of persons. Any one of us, if we will seek the Lord, God can be found. Every one of us, if we go to God with our impossible situation, our big stone, God is looking and waiting for us to call upon Him so that He can show Himself mighty. In my own life, I have seen God roll away so many stones. And not just for the stone's sake, and I gave Him praise for doing that, but for what came after that. Look beyond the stone. Back in the Old Testament, you had Abraham and Sarah. And they were both old. And the Bible talks about the deadness of Sarah's womb. She was way beyond the age where she was able to uh, carry a child and give birth. It was physically an impossibility. It was not going to happen. And so there's Sarah with the deadness of their womb. And both her and Abraham, her husband, thought, man, if only we could have a son. If only we could have a boy. We got no children of our own. If only we could have one, just one. You see, to them, that was the stone. And they couldn't see past that. And God could. And God said, Abraham, I'll give you a son, but I'm going to give you something more. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And it was through Abraham that Jesus came. And it's through Jesus that we're born again into God's family, which kind of makes us related to Abraham. So Abraham and Sarah, all they could see was the stone, but God, he could see the nations yet to come. Um, We have another example in the life of Solomon. His daddy, King David, died and left him in charge of the kingdom, and he was maybe 19 years old. And, he, and the kingdom of Israel was huge. And he went to God and for him, for Solomon, the stone was wisdom. If only I could have wisdom to know how to rule this people. That's all I want. God, give me wisdom. That's all I, I'm asking. I need wisdom. 
And God not only gave him what he asked for, but gave him what he didn't ask for, all of the blessings that came with it. He multiplied riches. He multiplied his wealth. He multiplied his kingdom. He was the king of the greatest kingdom on earth. That's what God wanted to do for Solomon. We have in the New Testament a man who was born blind from birth. And by, the, by John chapter 9, he was something like 40 years old. He had never seen the face of his mom and dad. He had never seen the face of his friends. He had never seen any face. His whole world was just one dark black place. He knew that others could see. He understood that, but he himself couldn't. And he must have thought so many times, if only I could see, if only I could see, even just out of one eye, if only I could see. To him, that was his stone. And no man on earth could move that stone. But one day, the Lord Jesus healed him. And not only did Jesus move that stone, not only could the man see, but he, he could see Jesus. <laughs> he could see Jesus. So many people are spiritually blind. They have no idea of Jesus. I'll tell you, when you come to know Jesus as your personal Savior, spiritually you will see Jesus. You will have the most exciting experience of your life. That happened to me when I was uh, still 18 years of age. In April 6, it'll be 48 years ago. And I was about 18 years of age, going on 19. And I knew about God, but I'd never actually met Him. I'd heard about Jesus. I'd read some of the Bible. But it was on April the 6th, 1975, when I realized, okay, it's my sin that's keeping me from God. That's the problem. And that's when I came clean. That's when I came honest with God and said, I am a sinner. I don't deserve to go to heaven. Jesus, you died for sin. Please forgive me my sin. And that was on a Sunday. Sunday, April the 6th, 1975. It was around noontime. When I was on my knees asking Jesus to forgive my sins. And when I did, he forgave my sins and came into my heart. It's like my eyes were opened. Like the blind man whose, whose eyes were open. And oh, I can see. That's just what it felt like spiritually. And of course, that same experience has been experienced by multiple millions of people all over the world down through the years. It, it's not unique with me. Millions upon countless millions of people have experienced that by repenting of their sin and receiving Christ. It's like their eyes become open. And until a person does that, they are in blindness and they don't see. Maybe they can hear a little bit, but they can't really appreciate until their eyes are opened. So, chapter 16, verse 3, they said among themselves, who shall roll, away, roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? Possibly you're here today or you're watching online and the stone for you is regular daily devotions. Maybe you've tried it and you've quit, you've given up. Maybe you think it's too much. Well, I'll tell you what. God not only wants to move away that stone in your life, God wants to do so much more for you. He wants to make you a spiritual giant if you will let him. And the key for you may be your daily devotions. Possibly, you know the Lord, you're having daily devotions, but you struggle in this area of tithing 
Or perhaps what I mentioned earlier, sacrifice Sunday, giving a week's pay. Oh, no, I can't possibly see how that could happen. That's impossible. Well, there's your stone. And maybe, yeah, maybe you can't do it, but God can. And God sees beyond the stone. God not only wants to move that stone in your life, but maybe God wants to give you power to become a financial blessing to many, many people. Imagine that, having financial power, God pouring money into your life so that you could be a channel of that money and be able to give to missions and to be able to give to every good work. That's a wonderful um, way to live your life as a channel of God. And, and many people have done that. There's been many men and women that have been used of God to be a financial channel to other people. Possible uh, stone might be faithful attendance. You're on again, off again, maybe work calls and offering you, you know, time and a half or double time or triple time if you'll only come in and work on Sunday and, you know, you're struggling with faithful church attendance or should I go and make the money? Well, listen, there's a stone right there. God not only wants to move that stone, God wants to do a resurrection in your life and make you a trusted pillar in the church. When people see you, they take courage, they take comfort. They know that they could even ask of your, 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 your opinion on things and they would get good counsel. Well, the stone for you may be faithful church attendance. Possibly it's winning a loved one. If only I could get my loved one saved. God sees the stone, but he sees the miracle beyond it and maybe wants to not only move that stone and get your loved one saved, but wants to make you into a great soul winner. Someone who can speak an encouraging word and help others come to know Christ as Savior. Well, on and on the list goes. There's two things about these women I want to remind you of. Number one, they made a decision. They decided to do something for God. Nothing's going to happen until we first make that decision. And you need to make that decision. We're talking this year about upgrading our lives for God. So what can you do? Now, don't just quickly think of something and make a decision, but you need to pray about it. Lord, what do you want me to do? How can I upgrade my life for you in 2023? And by the way, two months are gone by in 2023. Gone. We had 12 months. What happened to them? Well, we just lost two. They're gone. You only got 10 months left. You wait one more month and 25%, one quarter of the year is gone. 25% of your year is eaten up. So we, we need to act quickly. Lord, what would you have me to do? And you need to decide in your heart. That's what I'm going to do. But secondly, after you've made your decision, you've determined, right, your decision there. Number two is you, you need to not give up. Not give up. And that's what the ladies, they could have quit and turned back home. They got there to the tomb. And they were, oh, the stone. That's right. This 2,000 pound stone. Well, can you, if we split up, there's two of us. Can you push 1,000 pounds? Are you serious? Not in this life. I can't, I can't push 100. Push 1,000? Well, I can't do it either. Oh, well, I guess we may as well quit. Well, they didn't do that, did they? They did not quit. And so many Christians, they quit before the blessings come. If they would just hang in there and just keep on keeping on, they will see God open up things. The stone will be moved. The miracle will come. So these ladies, 
Thank God for these ladies. Number one is they decided to do something. Number two, they determined not to give up. And it's exactly the same as you and I. We have to do that. Maybe for someone here or online, your stone is trying to get your family to live for God. Maybe family members are not living properly for God. And for you, that's your stone. Well, yes, God can move that stone if you will determine, if you will decide and determine. But God wants to do an even greater miracle than that. And he wants to make your family into a family on fire for God who will do great things. That's a far bigger miracle. Remember the two miracles we talked of a few minutes ago? There's the moving of the stone and the resurrection. Yes, the moving of the stone was a miracle, but the resurrection, that was a far greater miracle. Oh, if only I could get my family member, my loved one here to live for God, you know, and come out to church and be part of things. Yes, that's the stone. But the bigger miracle is a family on fire for God, doing great things for God. Maybe for someone, it's Bible college. Bible college. Or taking a course. Oh, if only I could somehow get to Bible college. And maybe you're thinking that that is your stone. But beyond that is the greater miracle. That God wants to not only move that stone and get you to Bible college, God wants you to turn you into a great servant of the Lord in order to do incredible work for God. For some people, maybe it's to witness to a friend at work or a, a, a neighbor next door. If only I could tell my friend how to come to Jesus. That's the stone for you. But God has an even greater miracle where he wants to turn you into a soul winner. Someone who is at ease and comfortable to be able to talk to people about their spiritual condition. Well, I have good news for you. God not only wants to move that stone, God can move that stone, but God has a bigger miracle he wants to do for you. Now, I'm done, but before I close in prayer, it's possible that maybe someone today or watching someone watching online, for you, your stone, is this question about what happens to me after I die. I, I hear about people who die. This morning we prayed for a young lady. We've never met her. And her best friend was her bridesmaid. I don't know if the wedding, I imagine the wedding hasn't happened yet. I imagine she chose this, uh, this lady to be her bridesmaid or, or maid of honor. I'm not sure which. But she was going to be part of the bridal party. And now all of a sudden, this young lady that she chose is tragically dead. Maybe she's 19 years of age, 20 years of age, 22 years of age. She's just a young person. And now she's dead. A day ago she was alive. Now today she's dead. Well, death happens. Yeah, it does. But then what? Where am I going to be if I die? What's going to happen to me? And a lot of people, understandably so, and I was one of them, didn't want to die. When I was a little child, my parents taught me this little prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. How many know this? All right, well, a couple. Then the prayer goes on. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That was the prayer. That was a common thing when, you know, back in the 60s, when, you know, we were little munchkins, 
running around, we were taught this and we would pray that. And I can remember praying it and thinking, I don't want to die. I, if, if I should die before, I don't want to die. I can remember that. Because I didn't know what was going to happen. Death was a big question mark. Where am I going to be? What's going to happen? I'm going to leave this life. I'm going to leave my family. I don't want that. I don't want to die. And naturally so, death held a big fear in my life. When I came to meet Jesus Christ as my Savior on April the 6th, 1975, 48 years ago, He took that away. I no longer had a fear of death. I mean, I, I, I got stuff I want, still want to do in life. But if it's time for me to die, that's okay. Because I know where I'll be. I know that if I close my eyes in death, I'm going to open them again in life right away. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's if you're born again, if you're saved. If you're not saved, if you've never been born again. You say, I say, well, how do I know if I'm born again? Well, if you're asking that question, you've never been born again. There's a good evidence right there. But for the lost person who is still in their sins, they're still alienated from God. They may want to know God, but they haven't yet met Him. If they died, they would open their eyes in a place called hell. In Luke chapter 16, that's exactly what happened to a very, very wealthy man. And he died and he left all his riches behind. He closed his eyes in death and he opened them right away and he was in hell. That's in Luke chapter 16. But the promise for born again men, women, and young people is to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. That may be your stone. That may be the whole kit and caboodle, the tomb, the sepulcher, the death thing. Wow! Well, I have good news. Jesus overcame death. And He is a wonderful Savior. If you will receive Him into your heart today. Let's pray now together. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.